Welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast. This show is made with one purpose, to help you create a self-driven and engaged high-performance organization, where we deliver you proven strategies and expert interviews on how to drive significant profit growth, create a stress-free ownership culture, and give you the time freedom you always wanted from your business. And now, here's your host, highly sought-after business growth strategist and executive coach, Patrick Rogers. This is Patrick Rogers, and today we have the privilege to have Frida Johnson on the show, and Frida is the CEO of Frida Print. Welcome to the show, Frida. Thank you, Patrick. My pleasure, indeed. Awesome. So a little bit about Frida. She is a leader with over 15 years of experience managing multi-million dollar global product lines spanning technology, aerospace, and e-commerce. She's a founder of a B2B marketplace for sustainable packaging. She has earned recognition, including being selected for the Columbia University Greenhouse Accelerator, participating in the Project 2.8 Startup Accelerator, and winning the Columbia Business School Lang Fund Pitch Competition. It's pretty impressive stuff there. She's also a commercial pilot. That's very cool. I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. And, and has earned her MBA from Columbia Business School, a certification in cybersecurity, risk management from Harvard University, a bachelor's degree in aeronautical engineering, aviation safety, and computer engineering. So again, Frida, very impressive resume. Can't wait to dig in and just learn more about who Frida is. Uh, before we do that, what's one interesting fact about yourself that not many people know, Frida? Uh, well, I am a mom of three kids, uh, three teenagers okay. in college. I don't think a lot, many people know that about me, uh-huh. and um, that day I'm a pride and joy. Um, so yes, I think that's one interesting fact about me. Okay, awesome. And it's always impressive to me to um, have single, whether father or mother, single, you know, parents, and they're still able to juggle their life, juggle their kids' life and everything else, and still hold down an entrepreneurial vision and and that journey. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, um, especially today, I, I see a lot of women feel it's uh, it's one or the other. It's either the career or uh, as a, a journey as a parent. I'm not saying you can have it all, but you can definitely um, have everything in its own time. Mm. What's been your your biggest challenge uh, on that journey with with kind of having that family and having this entrepreneurial vision? Absolutely. Um, I always had to uh, make trade-offs and always assess what my priorities were in that moment in time. Um, So when I first started my journey as a pilot, uh, as a commercial pilot, I had to make a trade-off of taking a pause and looking after my children. And um, I happily did that. And I would not change anything at that minute because I think women need the time to um, nurture and grow and uh, yeah. spend time with your children and 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 then come back to your career or do it together but to keep their mental health and their physical health first yeah it's it's like the whole um what's the the air the, the air things that fall down from the airplane right <laughs> whatever yes. they're called the air masks right you got to do your own the first yes. the oxygen mask yourself. thank you because if you don't do your fir- your own first you're not going to be able to get your kids exactly. right so exactly. awesome so so tell us about Frida Print and and uh, what do you tell us about what you guys are doing absolutely so Frida Print essentially is an effort to connect um, offshore manufacturers um, and designers to U.S. consumers who need 
sustainable packaging and innovative um, compostable packaging for their products. Uh, mm. There's a whole shift towards not just sustainable products and business, but also down, downstream at the packaging level. And the reason I picked this as one of my niches is because um, it very neatly vertically integrates to my family business, who's also mm. insisting packaging and printing. So I figured I had a leg up there and to continue the legacy and connect the dots to what my children wanted, a more sustainable um, environment and a more greener planet. So um, while I while I don't feel I'm a, uh, I don't have a savior complex, I'm not out to save the world, but I'm out there to do a bit and uh, to do a little part uh, in my journey to towards a sustainable planet. Awesome. So how then, uh, just kind of help me connect the dots, how does your company really help in that sustainable um, planet? You know, what, what's the really the, 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 the impact that you're going to have on sustainability? Absolutely. So one is uh, smaller manufacturers um, in India, they do not have the visibility on the global scale. Um, so connecting them and making them a network of manufacturers that supply to the U.S. consumers has a bigger impact because a lot of um, uh, manufacturers in India either have no desire to or don't have mm -hmm. the with all of the ability to do exports and uh, be mm -hmm. part of the mm -hmm. international supply chain. And that's where the marketplace comes in that takes away um, all the logistical and supply chain nightmare that small manufacturers yeah. want to put up with. We take that for them, um, make it seamless and make it transparent that all they have to do is just list their products online and we take care of the entire supply chain and we can take care of the demand generation in the, in the U.S. as well. Got it. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your journey. What um, when did you start the company and, and what have been some of your, um, you know, some of your lessons learned in getting to where you are now? So um, it, contrary to a lot of beliefs, um, I did not sort of go, um, you know, really fast in this growth. I started the company in 2017 extremely slowly. Um, and I was also doing a full time job at the same time. And mm. Um, I figured I could just sort of do it as a side gig and then yeah. uh, like, let it take a life of its own. Um, and um, I saw that um, there was this needed my full time attention. And uh, then just uh, very recently in May, I decided to uh, focus on it full time, create a team and uh, have this uh, sort of accelerate a little more than what was what was the pace before. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. So, so you were taking your time. You started out as a side gig. And you're like, let this thing kind of have a life of its own so it doesn't consume. Because you have your children, you have a full-time job. That's when you were doing the commercial air pilot thing? Um, well, I was doing, I was doing, I was, I was um, flight instructing. So I was doing that on the oh. weekends. So wow. there was a lot of things that was Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, so now uh, you're working weekends. You're working full-time during the day. Yes. Um, so I have sort of paused on the flying, like I said, you know, ha having to make trade-offs. So yeah. what now my kids are teenagers, they're having their life of their own. So I'm right. a little more free time and uh, focusing more on entrepreneurship and um, also giving some time to uh, aviation. Awesome. Awesome. So you kind of said in our pre-talk, you had said, uh, you know, when I ask you what's what's one of the, the main things that you think other CEOs could learn from your experience, and you had said it was to nurture both online and offline channels. Absolutely. Um, so um, 
it's just my opinion that I feel a, a lot of startups focus purely on um, digital means and um, online means to mm. grow and make revenue and sort of uh, ignore, at least in the beginning days, the offline channels and having those human connections. And I think uh, the COVID era also kind of emphasized completely yeah. um, totally. virtual world. <clears throat> I, think I would encourage um for new startups and founders to actually go to this um, trade shows and meet people in person, make those connections, make those human relations and show the face behind the company and uh, sort of make it more real and go mm. back to the traditional ways of doing business, actually meeting and shaking hands. Yeah. In person. Yeah. So um, what, so what, so you're doing both, you're focusing on digital ways to grow the business but also offline what are what are have been the best in and i'd like to dive in maybe both of those since that's kind of the main thing that you had hit on what, what do you think has been the best digital means so, so your company you're b2b right mm -hmm. you're, you're going for b2b you're looking for you're looking for companies that are offshore manufacturers who need help getting their packaging uh done are you doing that overseas as well so we are manufacturing overseas for U.S. consumers, so for U.S. brands and U.S. companies. Right. Okay. So your are you are the company for U.S. companies. So your clients are here in the states, right? right? And they're doing offshore manufacturing, and then you're actually doing the printing and packaging overseas as well. So right. then, so do you do the manufacturing of their part as well, or no? You're just doing the packaging of their part. Okay. So, so overseas, they have, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they have uh, some production facility, they're having something made over there, wherever it could be China, it could be India, and then they're shipping the product from there to your facility, where it's going to be packaged and printed and all that. And then it gets shipped globally, or pretty much most of them come back to the States. Uh, most of them ship uh, ocean freighted to the states. Yes, most of them come back to states. Okay, so your clients are here. So when we're talking B two B, what has been the best marketing effort for you? When we so let's just go into digital right now, what's been the best for you for B two B marketing? Absolutely. So for digital B two B marketing has been um, you know email outreaches. Even though I know people say that doesn't work, it does work to a certain extent. People do works it. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, LinkedIn connections and try and make it a bit more intentional, build a relationship first, uh, sort of mm. make, uh, meet with the connections you want on LinkedIn, follow them, understand them. Don't just cold um, outreach. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but what has worked for me better has forming a relationship digitally, mm. seeing what's important to them, uh, providing some nuggets and, um, you know, sort of, um, for a lack of a better word, just engaging, uh, flirting with them in the comments, in the you know, having a very pleasant yeah. <laughs> flirting with them in the comments. I like that. You know, it's just it adds what? a huge element to it, and yeah, more relatability to it. So it's kind of so, being fun, to kind of being exactly. relaxed. Try not to be this like, yeah, because so many people on LinkedIn, you get these. Fuck, excuse my language. I, I get these spam messages all the time, right? I mean, they're like this long, and you're like, good lord, what? A, I don't know you. B, why do you think I would read something that long? And do you understand that I get like 20 of these a day? You know, are you serious? 
Exactly, exactly. So when you sort of break the ice before, make it, you know, yeah. bring the human component and remove the spammy messages out, they're more inclined to talk to you. And that's when you sort of say how you can add value uh, rather mm. than just spam message. But if you can truly add value, you have, you know, they, they definitely will want to meet with you and speak with you. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I, I spent a lot of time I actually used to own a marketing company that we used to do those services, B2B outreach, and 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 you're hitting the nail on the head. The two of the best ways is email a cold outreach, and, and it does work if you have the right message, and LinkedIn. Uh, it's just, you know, bar none. And it's so funny because I see so many B2B companies out there trying to do, you know, they're focusing on so many other things. A few of my clients that I've had, they're like, oh, we're going, we're doing this SEO campaign. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. SEO is for B2C. It's, exactly. you know, maybe for large B2B, if you got nothing but money left over to, to spend on placated marketing, right? But um, yeah, so so conventional marketing is very different. I'm, I'm glad to hear you've nailed that. So so I'd love to know, for, so on the traditional side of things, tell me a little bit more of what you guys have done there and what you recommend to other entrepreneurs who really want to grow that B2B uh, presence. So, um, you know, bootstrapping and growing organic, organically. So going to trade shows, even though if you can't put a booth on it, at least just go, go mm. in as a participant. Um, put your face to the name, you know, shake hands, meet people. And, um, you know, try and get as much as what you call door-to-door -door sales experience in the yeah. shows. Um, it, it, there's nothing better than that, especially when you're growing, when you're bootstrapping. Um, and you don't want to spend a lot of marketing dollars. So if you have a lot of money to throw, there's a lot of other ways to do it. But um, when you're when you're starting off, it's best to do it the grunt way. Yeah. So trade shows. Anything else that you'd recommend for kind of that uh, off those offline channels? For the offline channels, uh, friends of friend, get the word around. Mm. You know, who are your own ambassador? Um, you you'll be surprised how many within your own network will speak for you if you truly are passionate about what you're doing. And um, uh, don't shop talk at Thanksgiving dinner, but definitely, yeah. <laughs> you know. Let people know what you're doing and your, you know, brag about what you've, what deals you've closed or how you've helped people, and um, just let people know who you are and what you're doing. And uh, I think that spreads the word. It's just word of mouth is always very helpful. Yeah, love it. Um, you, you had mentioned when I asked you what's the biggest failure that you learned from uh, as a CEO. You said it's it's not diversifying early enough. Mm hmm. Um, so when I first began, um, I was sort of very hellbent on um, fixing my digital product because I came in from a primarily very strong technology background. So my focus was there and, and you know, I wanted to build this uh, AI generative uh, demand forecasting model for my clients and all that costs money. These are great ideas, cost money. And, and I, what was the one shift I didn't realize coming from corporate world to a bootstrap startup was... Mm. I do not have bags of money. Right, and, right. You don't have that endless money sitting there. There's no budget. There's no budget. And there was no no one to argue for the budget because the one who was approving the budget was me and I knew the, <laughs> the books. So it was, it was a very humbling experience. And then I soon realized I needed to have whatever I... Um, Whatever products I had, I had to sort of diversify that quickly and sell that and get the revenue on the books. That was the only way I could spend money on things that I like doing in technology. But mm -hmm. I had to get the revenue and it was very humbling and sort of um, uh, it, it closed a whole loop because I would uh, you know, always ask 
I uh, fight for my budgets in the corporate world. And I'm like, damn, I'm saying the same things to myself now. Um, yeah. Revenues up, um, get the company going, create shareholder value. Uh, in, in this case, it is a, it's a private company, but I still have to answer back to my private investors uh, within the company. So uh, you still need to diversify enough to make sure that the product line holds its own value. So uh, kind of give us an example of what, what, how have you really diversified? Uh, so mainly you're talking your client type for diversification or marketing? Uh, so the customer segmentation. So uh, initially I was um, uh, focused on one particular customer segment and um, sort of driving my product to that. And I soon realized that that wasn't the right mechanism. Mm. So I would still have uh, do my marketing efforts for that customer segment, but also tap tap onto another customer segment and another market, um, which was more receptive to my products. And so that's what I did. So did, did you, um, because you didn't diversify early enough, how did that impact you? It was very slow. I mean, from 2017 till uh, 2023, we were uh, just focused on, um, one particular market, one particular. So for segment. six years, you were in in just one market and one, and you were you were having yeah. that that slow growth. Okay, yeah. so you yeah. just just kind of uh, diversified here this year. Yeah, and you're experiencing growth uh, from it. We're experiencing a lot of product awareness. We're experiencing a lot of customer reach. Um, we have um, almost about a thousand percent increase in signups from. Uh, wow. So yes. So how did you, I mean, so, okay, so walk us through that. Like what, what diversifying going, going from, okay, I got six years of slow growth. Um, how did you find this new customer segment? Like, like what, what, I don't know if you can tell us exactly what the customer segments are that you were focused on and then what you went to, and then how did you discover it and how did you make that transition? So when uh, one was primarily, I wasn't completely focused on it. It was it was my team, and they were doing you know the routine mm. operational tactics, yeah. keeping the company afloat. It was more of a side yeah. gig for me, yeah. so I didn't quite um, give it much of a strategic direction. Um, and then when I uh, took a close look at the market trends, I figured uh, there was a huge push in the restaurant industry for mm. um, sustainable uh, packaging uh, materials. And where we had our strengths, where we had enough and more uh, supply manufacturer network, and we weren't tapping into that. We were completely focused on um, mm. in-flight for airlines, which was doing great yeah. in the Indian market. Uh, we were we were pretty well known there, um, and it was running system. But the U.S. arm was not. Uh, we were not doing anything in terms of market share because um, the U.S. airlines. Um, we don't have that much of a first class meals in, in the economy class. In the Indian Islands, you see even the economy class have in-flight meals with yeah. uh, packaged stuff. So there was, a, there was a lot more need for sustainable packaging in, uh, in the Indian markets, whereas wow. in the U.S. markets, it, there were, but not, uh, we couldn't really penetrate it as, as uh, we'd like to. Um, yeah. So I just, I just shifted focus completely on uh, the restaurant and the food and uh, service industries. And we've seen a huge uptick there. Wow. Fantastic. Well, congrats for, uh, you know, having the awareness and the, the humility, right. To, to be able to kind of pivot because a lot, there are, I mean, a lot of CEOs are like, Hey, you know, this is our direction and I'm not open to other things. And so you were, that's awesome. So let me 
ask if you were going to hire a CEO to take the reins for your company one day, what's the one book you would require that he or she read before uh, taking over for you? And why? I mean, there, are, there are many books, but uh, <clears throat> Atomic Habits is one book that yeah. um, some might say is pretty basic. Everybody should know it. Um, but I think yeah. that is there's a reason why it's basic and foundational, because once you have, um, it's kind of, I, I don't remember who said this, but once you wake up in the morning, uh, you know, get the blinds on, make your bed. That's your one habit you keep doing every day. You will make sure that you have accomplished one task and get to the other task and feel a sense of, uh, okay, let's get this done. Let's grab the day. Um, so yeah. you need to build those small habits and it's um, mm. to a great I think it was that Navy Admiral, I forget his <laughs> name, but it's, uh, he says, it, it, I think the name of his book is It's Your Ship. And, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and that's one of the things he says in there is like the, the biggest, you know, the most important accomplishment every day is just waking up and making your bed. So I, I can't agree with you more. Um, <laughs> uh, so Frida, awesome having on your show. Uh, what I'd love to do is just take a few minutes and, and kind of summarize some of my big takeaways. One is um, when you're growing your company, don't just focus on the online models. And I know, like you said, COVID kind of pushed everybody in that direction. But now that now that we're back open, right, <laughs> the world is open, uh, trade shows and, and being belly to belly and person to person is a lot more very effective in in building those relationships and closing deals. There's just so much, you know, connection that can be made person to person versus Zoom. I mean, Zoom's good, but like, I, I can't agree with you more. And then we kind of talked about some of the some of the ways that you've been able to do online digital marketing, B2B marketing. Uh, email outreach has been very effective for you and, and LinkedIn connections. And, you know, from from my experience, it's all about that message. It's all about that first message. And, uh, you know, just to, so my some of my lessons on that is if you try to make it long and try to make it this thing instead of just conversational and short you're going to fail. And so the more you can do that. Um, and we talked about not diversifying early enough, you know, and really analyzing your potential market segments. Where can you take what you're doing now? And just with a slight pivot, maybe just marketing a new client, you don't have to change anything that you're doing. So there's no additional expense and equipment or training or anything else, maybe slightly training. But how can I go over to this market over here and, and maybe hit that untapped market? So um, so congratulations for, for you on that. If there was one takeaway for you that you would want the, the audience to really absorb from our time together today, what would that be? Um, I think just go back to basics and, um, you know, do what makes, makes you feel good. Do what makes you want to wake up in the uh, morning and, you know, make your bed and get, mm. get part of the day. Do what makes you happy. I think um, once you know what that is and you follow that path i think um you 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 will be fine yeah awesome great so so frida if any of our listeners wanted to reach out and get a hold of you perhaps for any follow-up questions on anything uh what's the best way they could do that um they can ping me on linkedin I'm, i always okay. check my messages and i'll definitely make time to respond Great. Okay. And we'll have your uh, profile on the uh, on the podcast page. So awesome, Frida. Thank you again for being on the show. It was great having you. Likewise, Patrick. Thank you for the questions. And I love that hat at the back. I always want to ask what that was. It's a, it's a Navy officer hat. Naval oh. officer hat. Yep. So, okay. So you spent yeah. some time in the Navy. I did. That's why I'm very familiar with that gentleman's book, although I can't remember his name. So a little bit embarrassed there, but uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, great. So, so again, thanks for being here. Uh, and for the listeners, please hit the like and subscribe button. Help us spread the word about what we're doing. We're helping the next generation of leaders and CEOs be that much more effective and successful. With that, this is Patrick Rogers, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the High Performance CEO Podcast with your host, Patrick Rogers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out our main website at patrickvrogers.com for much more valuable information and free resources.